Greetings, this is podcast number 98 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today we're going to show how the right wing is playing directly out of the Soviet Union playbook. That should be something to throw in their face, huh? I'll also tell you about the next Blast the Right live call-in show, which will be this Monday, June 18th. Let's get right into it. My sources are the New York Times, the White House website, USA Today, ABC News, Amnesty International, and the U.S. government website, intelligence.gov. Nothing, probably not even the Iraq War itself, has soured world opinion on the United States as much as the Bush administration's embrace of torture. Actually, something probably has the Bush administration's denial of that embrace and its attempt to redefine what constitutes torture and call what they're doing enhanced or alternative interrogation techniques. I've always been under the impression, and maybe I've been hoodwinked about this, I'm curious if you've been under this impression as well, I've always been under the impression that our intelligence agencies develop these alternate interrogation techniques specifically to be able to make the dubious claim that they don't torture. In other words, we wanted to be able to assert that these are good old-fashioned American, high-tech, humane, proper methods of interrogating prisoners that fully comply with the Geneva Conventions, the Anti-Torture Treaty, and all other applicable domestic and international human rights obligations. How could anyone dare to challenge these methods when we thought them up just to avoid torturing people? Well, here's a bombshell for you to drop on your friendly local right-winger. We didn't develop these techniques at all. They came straight from the KGB, the Cold War Soviet Union secret police. It turns out that the right wing has been defending, endorsing, even singing the praises of evil empire torture techniques. Here's how we know this. During the Cold War, we conducted surveillance flights over the Soviet Union that could be shot down. We had plenty of spies on the ground over there that could be captured. We wanted to make sure that the airmen and others at great risk of being caught by the Soviets were prepared for the brutal interrogations they would be undergoing. So the military set up a training program called Survival, Evasion, Resistance and Escape, or SEER. What SEER did was inflict upon the aviators and others the very types of interrogation methods the Soviets would use on them, such as sleep deprivation, extreme heat and cold, painful stress positions, and waterboarding. Waterboarding is a technique to induce the feeling of drowning. Are the lights going off in your head yet? To make sure you have completely adequate illumination, let me continue on. In 2002, the CIA and Pentagon decided that the standard questioning techniques they were using which were adequate during the Cold War for our questioning of Soviet spies, adequate during World War II for questioning prisoners from Nazi Germany and Tojo's Japan, these standard interrogation techniques were somehow now not adequate for suspected terrorists in Bush's War on Terror. What had worked for decades in the face of the threats of Hitler and Imperial Japan and the Soviet Union had to be changed, so said the Bushians. 
And what did they do? As confirmed by a recently declassified report by the Defense Department's own Inspector General, the Bushians reverse-engineered the Soviet techniques for use by, by, American interrogators. Whenever you hear a right-winger wax rhapsodically about all the terrific stuff we're doing to suspected terrorists, you can point out to them that these are the precise techniques used by the Soviet Union against their prisoners during the Cold War. Ask that right-winger if they're comfortable in such august company. And it's not just the torture techniques themselves, it's the whole supporting superstructure of word parsing, denial, and equivocation employed to justify such brutal practices that the Bush administration and its supporters share with their, now we can say it with certainty, KGB forebears. All this is made exquisitely clear in an article written in 1956 entitled Communist Interrogation. This document was just discovered by the Intelligence Science Board, a government body that advises the CIA and the rest of our intelligence community. The article was written by two doctors working as Defense Department consultants, Lawrence E. Hinkle, Jr. and Harold G. Wolfe. As summarized by New York Times reporter Scott Shane, quote, the article shows that methods embraced after 2001 were once considered torture that would produce false information. Close quote. In other words, all the right wing's assertions about their alternative interrogation techniques are put to the lie by their own predecessors in the U.S. intelligence community. Let's get into the details. First, the article describes the Soviet techniques in unsparing terms. Prisoners are kept in solitary confinement, isolated in small cells with the lights constantly on, subject to extreme heat and cold. Prisoners aren't allowed to sleep. Food rations are cut. The doctors wrote, quote, The effects of isolation, anxiety, fatigue, lack of sleep, uncomfortable temperatures, and chronic hunger produce disturbances of mood, attitudes, and behavior in nearly all prisoners. The living organism cannot entirely withstand such assaults. Close quote. Then there are the stress positions. Quote, Another technique widely used is that of requiring the prisoner to stand throughout the interrogation session or to maintain some other physical position which becomes painful. Close quote. Now remember, these are U.S. Defense Department medical consultants writing about 50 years ago. Quote, this, like other features of the KGB procedure, is a form of physical torture, in spite of the fact that the prisoners and KGB officers alike do not ordinarily perceive it as such. Any fixed position which is maintained over a long period of time ultimately produces excruciating pain. Close quote. The living organism cannot entirely withstand such assaults, produces excruciating pain. Yes, doctors Hinkle and Wolf, I would agree. Techniques that a living organism cannot withstand that produce excruciating pain are the very definition of torture. Their parenthetical that the prisoners and KGB officers alike do not ordinarily perceive it as such as torture is strange to me. If these techniques were being applied on me, I'd certainly think I was being tortured. 
which brings to mind the piercing question you can pose to a right-winger when discussing this. If these techniques aren't torture, then it would be okay for them to be applied against U.S. personnel if they're captured? If that were done, wouldn't you be screaming torture? Back to 1956, where our two doctors conclude that communist-style, now Bush-style, interrogation techniques produce false information. Quote, the cumulative effects of the entire experience may be almost intolerable. The prisoner becomes mentally dull and loses his capacity for discrimination. He becomes malleable and suggestible, and in some instances he may confabulate. By suggesting that the prisoner accept half-truths and plausible distortions of the truth, the interrogator makes it possible for the prisoner to rationalize and thus accept the interrogator's viewpoint as the only way out of an intolerable situation. Close quote. It should be obvious that the designers of these techniques, who weren't patriotic post-9-11 Americans seeking to avoid torture but still effectively questioned terrorists, but were in actuality Soviet secret police officials, it should be obvious that the designers of these techniques were simply looking for ways to torture without leaving any physical marks. As the article pointed out, quote, the KGB hardly ever uses manacles or chains and rarely resorts to physical beatings, close quote. When I was a kid, if you wanted to hurt someone but not get in trouble, you know what you did? You didn't punch him in the mouth or the eye or in the nose. That would leave a swollen lip or a black eye, a bloody nose, telltale signs of your misdeed. No, what you did is you punched the target kid real hard in the stomach, knocked the wind out of him. Easier to do if the kid is held down by a couple of friends of yours. Maybe do it a couple of times. The kid's in real pain, can't breathe, and is terrified. But it leaves no marks. If he goes and tells on you, you say, I didn't do anything, he's making it up. Sort of what the Bushians want to be able to claim now, after they get done torturing prisoners. The Soviets back then denied what they were doing was torture, just as Bush administration officials do now. As the two good doctors point out, quote, The communists do not look upon these assaults as torture, but all of them produce great discomfort and lead to serious disturbances of many bodily processes. There is no reason to differentiate them from any other form of torture, close quote. So our own Defense Department consultants concluded over 50 years ago that perpetrating these assaults on prisoners was torture, and our Defense Department officials now deny that. That's how bad our current-day right-wingers are. After the break, we'll talk about the most criticized of the enhanced interrogation techniques, waterboarding. Your one-minute voting report. We're hanging in there at number seven on the Podcast Alley Top Ten. Being on the Top Ten is real important for getting new listeners and getting the progressive word out. Unfortunately, we're running about 10% behind last month's vote totals at this time. And since there's new voters being added on, we're even more than 10% behind among voters from last month. Once again, the Blast the Right offer. You get two hours of a podcast every month you like to listen to, and all I ask in return is 10 seconds of your time once a month to vote for Blast the Right. 
So why not take just a few seconds right now, or as soon as you get back to a computer, and vote for Blast the Right at PodcastAlley.com. There's a one-click link to do so on my podcast homepage. Also, let me quickly mention, if you subscribe through iTunes and you haven't done so yet, it would be great if you could write a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. Thanks. One of the other techniques that the SEER program tried to prepare our aviators and others at high risk of capture for is called waterboarding. As ABC News succinctly described it, quote, A prisoner who is bound and gagged has water poured over him to make him think he's about to drown. Current and former CIA officers tell ABC News that they were trained to handcuff the prisoner and cover his face with cellophane to enhance the distress. Close quote. Here's another description. Quote, the prisoner is bound to an inclined board, feet raised and head slightly below the feet. Cellophane is wrapped over the prisoner's face and water is poured over him. Unavoidably, the gag reflex kicks in and a terrifying fear of drowning leads to almost instant pleas to bring the treatment to a halt. John Sifton of Human Rights Watch, quote, the person believes they're being killed, and as such, it really amounts to a mock execution, which is illegal under international law. Close quote. Have you ever gone swimming and tried to dive real deep, and then on the way up you realize you miscalculated, and it'll be a bit more time than you planned for before you'll break the surface and can take in some oxygen? A pretty panicky feeling, isn't it? And if you really miscalculate it, it becomes awfully painful as you desperately need to breathe and can't. And if you start breathing in or swallowing water, the pain of that is unbearable and the mental anguish horrific. So inducing the feeling of drowning would have to be considered torture by any rational person. Unlike right-wingers such as Bill O'Reilly, who support the use of waterboarding. He said, quote, you have powerful forces in America who are basically saying they don't care if it saves lives. We would rather have more Americans die, have more terror attacks on our home soil, than dunk these people in water. Close quote. Dunk these people in water. Nice try to sugarcoat a brutal procedure, Bill. Powerful forces in America. Give me a break. And Bill, you're in fine company. Waterboarding as a torture technique dates back to the Inquisition, the Italian Inquisition in the 1500s. How fitting is it that the brutality religious extremists used 500 years ago, our current-day religious extremists are once again employing. Waterboarding is so bad that the U.S. military has historically forbidden its use. Back during the Spanish-American War in the early 1900s, a major in the U.S. Army was convicted of waterboarding an insurgent and sentenced to 10 years of hard labor. In Vietnam, U.S. generals declared it an illegal practice. When the Washington Post ran a photograph of a U.S. soldier participating in the waterboarding of a North Vietnamese prisoner, that soldier was harshly punished. Quote, The soldier who participated in water torture in January 1968 was court-martialed within one month after the photos appeared in the Washington Post and he was drummed out of the army, recounted Darius Rajali, a political science professor at Reed College. 
Even when you're fighting against belligerents who don't respect the laws of war, we are obliged to hold the laws of war, said Rajali, and water torture is torture, close quote. Our present-day army also forbids waterboarding, quote, A new army manual released last month bans torture and degrading treatment of prisoners, explicitly barring waterboarding and other procedures, close quote. Senator John McCain was himself tortured during the Vietnam War. He's called waterboarding a, quote, very exquisite torture, close quote, and wants it outlawed. And you may recall the famous so-called torture memo, since withdrawn under fire, where the Bushians attempted to redefine torture as only occurring if the pain is of an intensity, quote, that would ordinarily be associated with a sufficiently serious physical condition or injury, such as death, organ failure, or serious impairment of bodily functions, close quote. Even under this extraordinarily narrow definition of torture the Bushians wanted to foist upon us, waterboarding would be torture, since the pain of drowning is the pain associated with death, organ failure, or serious impairment of bodily functions. Yet, despite all this, quote, current and former CIA officers tell ABC News there is a presidential finding signed in 2002 by President Bush, Condoleezza Rice, and then Attorney General John Ashcroft approving the techniques including waterboarding, close quote. Including waterboarding. Bush, Rice, and Ashcroft signed off on waterboarding. And oh yeah, Dick Cheney has called its use a no-brainer. You should be aware that all the talk of reverse engineering of the KGB torture procedures is not just a theoretical discussion of what we might do. Quote, Some of those techniques have been used on prisoners at Guantanamo Bay and in Afghanistan and Iraq and at the CIA's secret overseas jails for high-level operatives of al-Qaeda. The United States government in our name, with our tax dollars, is utilizing these Soviet-era torture techniques around the world. We need to parcel out blame where blame is due, but not paint with a completely broad stroke. The reverse engineering and use of Soviet torture techniques has provoked opposition within the U.S. military and intelligence communities. The report I mentioned earlier by the Inspector General of the Defense Department, quote, says that as early as 2002, some SEER trainers and some military intelligence officers vehemently objected to the use of the techniques, but their protests were ignored. Many SEER veterans were appalled at the reverse engineering of their methods, said Charles A. Morgan III, a Yale psychiatrist who has worked closely with SEER trainers for a decade. How did something used as an example of what an unethical government would do become something we do, he asked. Close quote. Stephen Zanakis is a retired Army Brigadier General and former commander of the Southeast Medical Command. He wrote in a letter to the editor with Leonard Rubenstein, Executive Director of Physicians for Human Rights, quote, The abusive interrogation methods reversed engineered from the military survival evasion resistance and escape torture resistance program 
cause enormous psychological harm ranging from psychosis and suicidal ideation to post-traumatic stress disorder, close quote. Psychosis, suicidal ideation, post-traumatic stress disorder, deliberately afflicted by one human upon another, and the Bushians are so proud of themselves. Continuing on about these alternative interrogation techniques, quote, they are not only unreliable and immoral, they constitute torture and violate the United States' commitment to respect the most basic human rights. Close quote. A sound conclusion, yes. What's also appalling, the two gentlemen tell us, is that, quote, according to the Pentagon's Inspector General, psychologists, under the guise of behavioral science, have used their credentials to develop and carry out these highly abusive techniques at Guantanamo, in Iraq and Afghanistan, and elsewhere. The only appropriate response for the profession and for the government is to end the direct participation of psychologists, who have an ethical obligation to minimize harm, in interrogations. Close quote. Psychologists using their expertise to devise more effective torture. Not as bad as Dr. Mengele, perhaps, but still way over the Hippocratic Oath line. Even some former Bushians are feeling the pangs of conscience. Philip Zelico was a high-level advisor to Condoleezza Rice and then served as executive director of the September 11th Commission. As part of that job, he reviewed the CIA detention program. In a lecture earlier this year, Mr. Zelico said the, quote, cool carefully considered, methodical, prolonged, and repeated subjection of captives to physical torment and the accompanying psychological terror is immoral, close quote. Now that the Democrats control Congress, the Senate Armed Services Committee is investigating how KGB techniques became U.S. techniques. Quote, Senator Carl Levin, a Michigan Democrat and chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, said he found the report very troubling and intended to hold hearings on how the SEER training methods became the basis for interrogation. They were put to a purpose that was never intended, Mr. Levin said. Close quote. To tell you the truth, I don't know what really needs to be investigated. These immoral practices need to be ended. Perhaps Levin's ideas. The more firmly it can be established that these are Soviet KGB methods, the easier it'll be to convince Congress to order these practices stopped. Maybe they're also going to get some names of the specific individuals who approved reverse engineering and then utilizing these evil empire torture techniques. It's worth noting before we close that beyond the techniques themselves, the Bush administration has adopted other Soviet practices described in the 1956 article by the two doctors. One is the denial of the applicability of international law. Writing about the Soviet Union in 1956, quote, In typical communist legalistic fashion, the NKVD, which is the forerunner of the KGB, the NKVD rationalized its use of torture and pressure in the interrogation of prisoners of war when it desired to use such methods against a prisoner or to obtain from him a propaganda statement or confession, it simply declared the prisoner a war crime suspect and informed him that, therefore, he was not subject to international rules governing the treatment of prisoners of war. Close quote. Familiar sounding? 
Nowadays, we don't have typical communist legalistic fashion. We have typical right-wing legalistic fashion. Instead of declaring our prisoners war crime suspects, we instead declare them enemy combatants and say they're not subject to international rules governing the treatment of prisoners of war. Here's one additional one. Quote, Prisoners are tried before military tribunals which are not public courts. Those present are only the interrogator, the state prosecutor, the prisoner, the judges, a few stenographers, and perhaps a few officers of the court, close quote. Just like at Guantanamo. Certainly, at a Guantanamo functioning as the Bushians had desired, before court challenges modified their proposed kangaroo court procedures. The bottom line of this podcast is, a right-winger cannot deny that our present-day interrogation techniques were taken directly from the Soviet Union, the evil empire. Ask your friendly local right-winger if he or she is proud that we're now using Soviet torture techniques and simply renaming them alternative techniques, enhanced techniques, or a term, I don't even know why he bothers with it, it's itself so close to the word torture, Bill O'Reilly's favorite label, coercive interrogation. This week is the 20th anniversary of Ronald Reagan's famous challenge to Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can support that. 20 years ago, the Berlin Wall was a symbol to the world of the Soviet Empire's moral bankruptcy. Today, the Bush administration's global system of torture is a symbol to the world of the American Empire's moral bankruptcy. So I would make this challenge to George W. Bush. Mr. Bush... Tear down your worldwide torture gulag. After all, Mr. Bush, you adopted it from none other than those very builders of the Berlin Wall. Right-wingers, can you be intellectually honest on this one? Can you support my challenge? Whether or not you do, be certain that we progressives will continue to work tirelessly to expose and end the use of torture by our government and every other government on the face of the earth. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right and vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. A special shout-out to all you Live 365 and Red Dragon 365 listeners. Great to have you on board. Please come over to the podcast homepage, subscribe, and you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. The next live Blast the Right Live call-in show will be this Monday, June 18th, 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It'll be on blogtalkradio.com. There's a one-click link on my podcast homepage directly to the show, or you can go to blogtalkradio.com and search for either Blast the Right or 20449. 20449 is my ID number. Also, the call-in number for the show is 718-508-9579. 718-508-9579. I was contacted by an independent citizen candidate on the right for president. He says he makes Rush Limbaugh look like a liberal. His name is John Booty, B-O-O-T-I-E, and he's going to be on the show. It should be interesting. If you subscribe through iTunes and you haven't done so, 
please consider going to the iTunes Music Store and writing a five-star review for Blast the Right. My problem is that I get a lot of five-star reviews from progressives, but right-wingers come and give me one-star reviews, which lowers my average. You don't have to write a lot. Just rate it five stars and write a sentence or two about why you like the podcast. Now a word from another progressive podcaster. Hey, this is Daniel Brewer, inviting you to join me each week for Call Box 7, a progressively political podcast. I cover the news, play some comedy bits, and try to put the whole week in perspective. Now, the show's only been around for a few weeks, but it's already getting fantastic reviews from my mother. Trust me, she doesn't like much. So point your browser to callbox7.com and check it out for yourself on the internet. Music credits. The break music was the Schnee Speaks by KG House combined with the alternate Blast the Right theme by Nye's Music and Not the One Blues by Burnsheath Hornside. We'll close with a little bit of Taking My Country Back by Honky Tonkers for Truth. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. I'm a little bit behind in responding, so be patient. I will get back to you. You can also call in and leave a comment for me to play on the show. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. You can also leave a message on Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. I'm taking my country back. Son, you ain't been doing her right. Oh, I've been watching you and I don't like how you've been treating my stars and stripes. And the treasury drawer More than there had ever been before But every day we're drowning deeper in debt Maybe four years should be all you get Then you gave tax breaks to the millionaires And you tried to make the working man pay But you can't tax a man when his job's not there Now look at where we 